just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and I am here tonight for another fabulous, bombastic roundtable with the lovely, floral Lizzo. Oh, I'm feeling very Betty Draper. Oh my gosh, when you guys see the pictures in the video, which you will, and I promise, I keep saying it, I've posted previews for Behind the Mic, our new series. It's just, it's a lot of work, okay? And, you know, we're all doing 20 people's jobs right now, so, and we're producing another show, which leads me to the fabulous curvy flipper herself, Tracy Stern. Oh my gosh, she's like, fabulous too. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Stepford Wives. That's kind of where I went. I literally said that. I was it's saying when. so sweet, Liz. Yes, <laughs> we need extra dry martinis tonight from yes. her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Extra dirty. Extra dirty. She's oh. always extra dirty. And no dry for me, just dirty. Just extra dirty. salty, and she's always dry anyway. No, I'm never dry. And of course, <laughs> the fabulous. We need a sponsor who's never dry. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of never dry, the fabulous, <laughs> youthful, spry Nikita. Nikita? <laughs> so welcome to the jungle, everybody. <laughs> the jungle of crazy people. So we we just did a segment where we were talking about how there's... It's called an episode. Secret, toxic people that you meet and you're supposed to be friends, but... Then it turns out you got to get rid of them. Well, sometimes on the flip side, and I know this was the case for me in some of my early adult relationships, was I started to go quickly from like high school, doe-eyed, whatever, into, oh my gosh, it's all about me. So I started to kind of have like, I still had friends that I had for a long time, but then I started to have like vanity friends where it was like, we all were friends, but it was like, really superficial acquaintance friends where we all did the same things. We went to the same clubs and we hung out with the same people, blah, blah, blah. but it wasn't deep. It was just surface. So therefore it became like, those were the people you might like be manipulative with because it was all surface. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? <laughs> My mind is nowhere in that conversation. It's okay. It's just surface, not deep. I'm sorry. I'm like, it's just surface this. <laughs> and I'm it's like, not in I'm deep. I'm going back a couple of days. I've had an interesting couple of days. So. She has an interesting life in general. So, <laughs> so have you ever found at any point in time that with those that now looking back, I'm talking about reflectively looking back that you're like, oh, yeah, I was actually probably the toxic friend in such and such a circumstance or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts, Lizzo? Oh, I'm still toxic. Well, we know that. <laughs> uh, probably back when I was in the height of my addiction, I was toxic, but I ghosted a lot of people. So you got some breaks from me because mm-hmm. uh, I would just exit for a while. Yeah. One, and let the dust settle for the last thing that I had done. Right. That was completely stupid, moronic, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've never really been consciously toxic, though. I've just got, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's me being selfish and self-centered. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It, it's upon reflection. So, obviously, in those moments, you weren't like, wow. I'm really trying to make sure that you are sabotaged. It's that later, looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, I was really only looking out for me. I didn't care about what happened to them. Back in the day, though, we didn't call it toxic. Toxic didn't exist. It was called egotistical. Right. So, which was masquerading as toxicity. Right. But uh, but we didn't have that term. Right. Toxic. Toxic is a, is a new term. Right. Just like so, they have toxic masculinity. Right. And all these. Yeah. So now 
now we have, you know, egotistical. I absolutely, when I first started modeling, mm-hmm. uh, I had gotten, I had started my career in Canada and then I got offered a contract with Elite Model Management out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Got to Chicago, started booking jobs immediately. Um, I was on the Oprah show my first month in Chicago. I had booked a campaign for Hanes underwear. Um, I was working regularly and my head just went. <laughs> and if y'all are out there in Radio Land, that was me. Blowing my head up. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> you can't see that. But my agent, because she had actually witnessed it, it got so bad that my agent, Loretta Wilger, who is still in the industry, and I adore that woman because she really she really set me straight and is responsible for what I've accomplished. But right. she sat me down and she's like, Tracy, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> and You're I was, new to this. Yeah. And I was like 23. And fresh-faced. Right. And, you know, if you go to my Instagram at the Curvy Flipper, I actually have a photo up there of me in my early modeling days. And she basically was just like, who the hell do you think you are? And I was and I was stunned that she said that to me because nobody had ever spoken to me like that. Right. And I was just dumbfounded. And I was like, uh, uh, and she's like, look, there are like 300 girls behind you right now waiting for you to fall on your face so that they can take your place. And when she said that to me, my entire outlook on my career flipped. Well, and it becomes the reality that you're not the only one. You're special right here, but it doesn't mean you're the only one. Right. And And there's others elsewhere. And that's when I realized models are a dime a dozen. I mean, honestly, there's really nothing special about them. Replaceable. A hundred percent. Because there's thousands of them. Mm -hmm. Thousands of them. And now with digital, shit, you don't even have to be pretty. Yeah, which is true. I know you said that that you have a huge hindrance against the whole thing going on with like photos and the way they're getting edited now. It's like you don't even have to be the person. Mm -mm. No, you can be like five foot four and, you know, 500 pounds and then they'll just plug you into the computer and they completely manipulate you. And if you don't think that that happens, have you watched a movie? Right. I yes, mean, that hello. happens in real life. Well, uh, we've right. <laughs> well, we've talked about that too. When it comes to I'm the actress, famous. well, just like Kate Winslet, she has gone against that. Where she keeps telling them, "Stop editing. editing my pictures because my fans think that I look like that, and I don't want them to have a complex because mm-hmm. they can look like they eat." So it's okay. Um, have you found yourself when you look back, Nikita, that maybe you were toxic? Um. I, so I've always so back in my drinking days, I can honestly say any friend that I have ever lost was due to drinking or drug relation. Right. Um, but I've always been back in back in my drinking days. I was a huge people pleaser and I put yep. people before me like everybody was um, like it, it was so bad. Like I would make sure everybody around me was good. But when I was down, I had nobody to turn to. You know, and then that's when I once that kept happening, that's when I started realizing like, oh, yeah, you know, <clears throat> which brings me to the day. That's why I can say no. Right. Um, Thankfully. But I was super toxic in my last relationship. I was very fucking toxic. Like when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, but that guy was so like fucking obsessed with me. He was not going anywhere. Like I had to basically like. It was crazy like i had to threaten charges and everything to like get him out of my life and even that didn't work but i was really toxic and evil and like mean to him and it was horrible now that i look back on it well and i know looking back for me um i didn't really get deep into the trenches of alcoholism and all of this until i was in the later part of my 20s but pre that 
I had started to make a lot of these, like I was saying, like surface friends. And there was a lot, I took a lot of offense to some of the things that like, kind of like that quote unquote bro code or girl code and all that, where it's like, well, you said you like someone. So then everyone else knows to like back off of that person. I had someone that I had brought around and then a couple people ended up making moves. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, I, I brought him here because I like him. Are you talking about me? Clearly. <laughs> and so what I'm getting at with that is it's like that's when I started realizing, like, oh, my gosh, like, people will do you dirty in a heartbeat. Mm, they don't give a especially fuck. Especially over a man. Yes. And I just, I don't know, that kind of, like, blew my mind because I guess it just it didn't occur to me. But then later what I ended up realizing, too, was, you know, some of those people, it was like, yeah, it was advantageous to hang out with them because maybe they knew someone. And so, like, maybe they were a handful, but... The overriding feature of hanging out with them was you didn't have to wait in lines anywhere. Right. You know, so then it was like, well, I mean, I do care about you kind of, but you're a lot to deal with. However, more than willing to deal with it if we're going to get in somewhere. Oh, <laughs> what if we talking like that? Uh-huh. I used to love hanging with a bad bitch, honey, because she brought the niggas around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Seriously. Yeah. Because, you know, they you hanging with pretty girls. I'm pretty sure, you know, oh, yeah. you with a pretty girl. Then here come the dudes. So. All the time. Well, I, I have to check in. I check in with my therapist like once a month <clears throat> just to make sure I'm not being toxic or being. You're saying too, right now? Yeah, I yeah. do it right now because I'll ask, Is I did this, this, and this. Is that egotistical? Is that bad? And, and I'm. Really you do kinda, ask us that sometimes too, though. I I'm think really you asked me. About I think you've it. talked to Nikita about it too, and mm. others as well. I'm, I guess now she's going to start talking to you about it too, Tracy. No. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I like that you do that, Liz. Yes, you know, because like I do that shit with my sponsor. I call and I'm like, "Am I doing too much? Was this too much? You know what I'm saying? Because you know, it, you want to know it, if yeah, you're being a bad friend. You want to be aware of that. In work, I have been toxic, and I have been. Can- I will cancel you. I used to cancel you if you were wrong about anything. Cancel. I would just be like, <laughs> "Oh, speaking of, okay, so we're gonna take a break." <laughs> He knows what I'm going to talk about next. I know. I was about to say, well, where is Kate? We'll be right back. Stay oh, tuned. God. <laughs> this morning, with a bad hangover, and my penis was missing again. This happens all the time. It's detachable. This comes in handy a lot of the time. I can leave it home when I think it's going to get me in trouble. Or I can rent it out when I don't need it. Welcome back. So sometimes, yes, I've realized that in the past I've been toxic and all this. And I'm trying to um, also make sure that I'm denoting, like, I'm not trying to chalk it all off onto, like, oh, well, it was only, you know, alcohol other than that I was an angel. Definitely not. There was times pre that, even in the midst of that, someone, I, I forget who was just saying, being aware of being toxic. Like, I remember there was moments where I was thinking in the middle of it, like, I'm kind of just fucking with her because I kind of want to cut her, but I know I cannot do that. So, oh my god! Yes, I no. There was a girl. There was a girl, and I know uh, Queen G. She knows who she is. If she's out there listening, she knows there was a Fourth of July party, and this bitch was one of the bitches that got up with that dude, and they were texting. Well, she had left her phone out somewhere, and I was like, took it up. Oh, it was in the bathroom. That's what it was. It was in the bathroom, and I was like, took it up, and I went and I took it apart. 
and put it in four different places in the house. And then I left. And she was like, did you take my fucking phone? I was like, what phone? I don't know. I left it in the bathroom and you just used the bath. Well, I sure don't know what you're talking about, but I'll see you later. And you took it apart? <laughs> I wow. took it apart. Took the SIM card out. Oh, took the shit. memory card out. Put, took the battery away. And then the body of the phone, I it was a flip you phone. Can tell, you can tell how old you... Yeah, that was a while ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it was... Oh, God, it was so funny. Damn. She was like... She was pissed. And, of course, alcohol was involved. I wasn't drunk at that party for the one time. But, yes, it was like... <laughs> I was in total control. So basically, you're a cold ass bitch. I was sober in that or drunk. In that moment, okay. I was like, "Oh no, bitch!" Noted. Yeah, I was like, "God, what was I like? 24? Yeah, twenty five. I couldn't hang. I couldn't have hung around somebody that I didn't like while I was drinking. Because well, she was really I good friends with our best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, so sure. I couldn't get away from her. And when she was at that party, I was like. Oh my god, I'm gonna start some shit. I already mm. can tell. Because yeah, as See, soon as the opportunity arose, and then like I didn't never hang around like uh, any affluent or important people, so they had nothing for me to use them for. Okay, so like I was genuinely like, oh, but you said people, but you would use but, like, people for, for being around hot guys, like, or, man, right? Yeah, right. But you know, like I was out the hood. It was dudes out there, anyways. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I could like if that's the only thing I could think about is like hanging around them, like the girls. But other than that it was really nothing to really use them for you know what i'm saying they didn't have no power or no access to nothing well and there were some friends too that like i knew when maybe i had like you know i was working like at two businesses and i was working at the shipyard so one of my friends kind of started to like out herself that she had a drug problem and i i was so doe-eyed about that i had no clue how that worked i that was not my world and so when she started talking about that she's like well if you want to try it then you know blah 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 and of course if you had like maybe like instead of just 30 bucks like a hundred bucks then we can get this this and this oh and, yeah i've had friends know, like that right and i'm like oh well i've never tried it i mean i do trust you but so like later after she set that precedent if i needed something i didn't feel bad about being manipulative because she had manipulated me you know what i mean so i've also had that have you ever had that where you knew the person kind of was manipulative back with you in any of your friendships or relationships? Oh, you and I all the time. Well, yeah, that's a true story. <laughs> I, th- I think for the most part, for me, I manipulated my family members. Like when mm. I had my drug and alcohol, yeah. it was more so like I made up the most bogus stories to get money from them. I'm, I'm was- so <laughs> glad those days are over because I used yes. to exhaust myself having to create With what- lies. Yes, lies <laughs> and remembering who I told what to. And I'm like, did I tell them I was at the hospital or that I was at work? Right. Or did I? Yeah, like, or was I still sleeping? I and just the, used to ghost people. To keep a damn log. Yes. <laughs> remember, oh, remember God, I told you about the toothache at work when I was yes, lying to the no, dog? You did. You did. I remember that. Yeah. It's so funny, though, because, like, we had um, Dominique that was here recently, and she was, like, having this huge, like, complex about she had to go pick up her kids, but she didn't want to have to tell her job, blah, blah, blah. She was literally getting stressed out about this for, like, four hours. She calls the job and she goes, goes i can't come in tomorrow and she was so prepared for them to say why and they go okay thanks she didn't even have to lie like she <laughs> she just told them i'm not coming in tomorrow that's all they wanted to know are yeah. you gonna be here or not simple as that and sometimes we do that to ourselves too mm-hmm. we work ourselves up so michael i just have to say like you have a little glow about you tonight i don't know what's going on but you look like 
super cute tonight. Oh my goodness, yeah. I appreciate that. Looks like really good, like full of freckly. And you yes. look like little you're exercising. Have you yes. been using yes. a Fenty um, I can tell you look good. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes, I have the been using that, and it does give you a glow. Yes, it but does. so will the gym, and I am yep. shedding off all my shame. So <laughs> yes, yep. every day I'm going, and I am on the elliptical. I'm doing double, if not three times, the cardio that I had been doing. So I'm trying to make up for lost time, and then tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm starting back at the gym twice a day um, because I need to be camera ready. So, yes, vanity. And quite honestly, that was one of the things like when people talked about cutting, I was like, I could never because that's going to leave permanent scars. Like that was literally the logic that came into play, just like the logic that came into play when it came to like weapon of choice versus when it came to like alcohol, heroin, coke, crack, those thoughts. It was like, I'm going to stick to alcohol because I know what's in it. And that's, I don't have to wait for a dealer. And then everyone else was on like drugs and shit. I'm like, good luck. I'm not waiting till four in the morning for a dealer to show up. <laughs> but cocaine will make you skinny. <laughs> not doing it. And I so was cigarettes, supposedly. Allegedly. Yeah, I know mm. that one. And they stunt that's your growth. Oh, right. Along with drinking coffee too young and all these other things. But yeah. what happened to me then? <laughs> Did, I smoked Absolutely. for 13 years. Did you? Yep. No way. Yeah. I quit when I got pregnant with my oldest child. Was it hard? Um, 17. Yeah, well, mm, so I was yeah my ex and I I was smoking when I met him so we got pregnant and the cigarettes made me so nauseous I couldn't smoke well thank god right and then but after the fact like a year after um, I tried smoking again like just you know at dinner or something with my girlfriends Mm. and it, it just made me nauseous again I couldn't stand it so I was able to stay so I'm glad that you quit I know that some others are towing that line How's that going for you? Well, I'm smoking today. I've- but just today, like, it's interesting. Like, have you found that it's only dragging this out on you? Or is this kind of okay I, to kind of, so like, often, wean off? Every so often, I enjoy having cigarettes. And then I guilt myself into not having them. And I go right back to the vape. Or, or I'm vaping, too. And Well, because, and see, I use the same logic. Like, at the end of my drinking... I was literally drinking like rubbing alcohol. At one point, and I'm not even going to lie, and this is going to be later on our one-year anniversary, I will let someone interview me, and you can all hear the whole story. But Oh, big me, big me. No. Oh, well, then there we go. She's probably going to be in the ring. So Better you than me. <laughs> so what's crazy was that one time when I say, I say that joking, but truly, one time I got so desperate for alcohol, I was in the bathroom at my friend's house, and I was like, there's no alcohol, there's no alcohol. I don't know what I was thinking. I saw the bottle of rubbing alcohol and I drank it. Oh my God. Oh. And it put me into acute kidney failure and straight to the hospital. And the doctor was like, okay. And, and it didn't help that he was hot. But the doctor was like, ah. yeah, he's like, you're on your deathbed. And then, of course, my friend, she knows who she is, Stephanie. Um, she was like, he's trying to kill himself. I was like, um, I was trying to get drunk. You wouldn't get me more alcohol. So I just tried stupidly to do that. He looked at me and he was like, I'm going to tell you this one time. If you do that, your body will only process it incorrectly, and you will probably kill yourself. And you won't you get will drunk. not get drunk, ever, off of this. So I'm just letting you know. And I was like, okay. And I never did it again. But And that was about six months before... No, I'm sorry. That was about a year-ish before I actually stopped, stopped. But yeah, it's it's crazy, though, because monetarily, that was one of the other things I thought about. So like for people that don't smoke, I thought, well... If I didn't smoke to save the money, I also wouldn't invest in the vaping psychosis. The vaping is a lot cheaper than smoking. 
cheaper, but it's still like, it's like, if I wanted to smoke, I want the whole thing. I want the experience. Like, I used to enjoy smoking when I did. You want to like kill yourself slowly, stunt your growth, lose weight, the whole. Like, I want to stop my growth and lose weight, please. I want yellow teeth and I want all the stuff that comes along with it. Yeah. All the inexplicable Wait, facial well, hair and stuff. You need yeah. one of you. Hold you would on, have girl. one of those. You would have one of those <laughs> sticks. You said what? You would have I, the Corilla Deville stick with his oh, cigarettes. I never got one. And I, oh, I have tons one. of cigarette holders. I haven't you smoked need, a yeah. cigarette in over two years yeah. now, which Good is for odd. You. Hey. Actually, like I've been smoking since I was like fourteen, and thank God it hasn't affected my teeth. No, I know he has like the <laughs> most remarkably white teeth, and everyone is always telling him, and he's like, "Yeah, thank you." <laughs> as he's smoking <laughs> on that note we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back stay tuned Welcome back. So we were talking about us sometimes being the toxic person, and then we talked about doing toxic things. So now we're going to circle back to us being toxic. So here's some of the factors, what a toxic friend does. So everyone has good and bad days. On a bad day, kindness doesn't always come easily, even with loved ones. So how can you tell the difference between a truly toxic friend and someone who's just having a bad day? So bad days versus bad vibes. A good friend having a bad day might snap at you or seem distant. I'm sorry, distant, but they likely apologize once things settle down. Toxic friends, on the other hand, tend to follow a pattern that never really dies down. They won't show much regret or inclination to change, even when they realize they made you feel bad. So, for example, here's some of the big signs. People that put you down, gossip, apologize without sincerity, make you feel nervous, etc. So, one of the key things there talks about is gossip. So, how do you define, like, playful banter versus gossiping versus putting someone down just like flat out how do you kind of draw that line if you just have a problem doing that at all does anyone struggle with that oh you talking about us doing it yes us doing oh, it. oh i love to gossip right I, yeah you know because liz i love a go- good gossip too <laughs> but <laughs> I it's do. true it's I true love good gossip you know what Who I'm saying? Can? mostly about celebrities but you know what i'm saying which but is what's next i think that it's a difference between it's a huge difference between gossiping and putting somebody down. Yeah. You know, like Okay, so what would be your example, like your line? Because like we could be gossiping among each other. You know what I'm saying? Like about something. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you could also like continuously like throw shade at me or throw insults. You know what I'm saying? A little jokes. Right. Where it like, keeps going. And then that's where it becomes you're trying to put somebody down. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right. when I think of gossiping, I think of if you're gossiping, like, okay, you go behind my back, like, oh my God. Right. Yeah, well, he couldn't pay his bill at the restaurant or something like that. Then that's just like gossiping. I don't think that's kind of, you know, putting somebody down. But if you come to me, you're like, oh, you never can afford this and blah, 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 like in front of people. That's another thing, too, I, I pay attention to. Yeah. Who's around? Well, gossiping by default is doing it behind somebody's back. Right. 
I tend to equally opportunity. I tend to throw shade off both to your face <laughs> and and absolutely you do. <laughs> she does. She does. She does. So. What is the intention though when you do it? Is the intention to be malicious? Is the intention to Mine, be well, passive mine's aggressive? to be funny. It, That's right. true. Well, and then but also is it but true? a little passive aggressive too? But is it true mm. when you gossip? I mean, gossip I can either be gossip is basically telling You're other saying. people's shit. That's not your business to tell. That's really right, what that's right. is just you're telling other people information that's not yours to tell. Right. And if you're doing it in a way to hurt that person, make them look bad, then that's a malicious. Well, and that's why now I've noticed there's a story that there. there's there's a story there. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed is that sometimes I find myself finally being okay with telling people like, you know, oh, did you hear that? I'm like, you know what? That's that's not my story. So I don't, I don't really know. Or why don't you go ask them? You know, yeah, but what do you know? It doesn't matter what I know or what I think I know. If you're that concerned, maybe you should go talk to them. Because that sometimes it's so serious, you don't want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times, like you were saying, where it's like just silly bullshit. And yeah, you're like, and oh, the yeah, they're bull- fighting again. They're, you know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, in one instance that I fi- asked you about a certain, that same situation I was talking about earlier, I... Uh, Asked Michael what was going on. He said, well, why don't you just reach out and talk? And I'm like, well, yeah, probably wouldn't hurt. Why not do it? And I felt <clears throat> better for doing it and all that versus what's going on, yada, 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 mm-hmm. yada, yada, and all the whole effort that it takes. It takes a lot of effort to gossip. And uh, well, and speculation is toxic. Yeah, and it's, and it's toxic and... You know, you gave me the right advice to do because the other person certainly was not going to come to me. Right. I think people who gossip are very lonely. And that's why they gossip <laughs> is to feel included and feel like it's a false, false friendship. It's false security in your relationship with people. Like, I would rather, I would rather, Michael, you know that you can talk to me and no matter what you say to me is never going to leave. Right. Absolutely. Like, because yeah. then that's going to make yeah. my life richer. Right. Because you're going to be in it and then you're going to trust me. And, I, you know, I, maybe that comes from being in business for so long, because if you're if you're a gossiper, you're fucking dead in the water. When it comes Absolutely. To no one's going to trust you. Nobody's going to trust you. And that is like the number one thing in sales is you have to be trustworthy. Yeah. And, you know, I think that over time I've learned how to be that person. I've just I'd rather be the vault that you come to Mm -hmm. than for me to have something interesting to say just to get some uh, 15 minutes of fame, you know, attention from a group of people. Well, speaking of the segue that she just made there, which is really good, that's a good opportunity to segue rather, um, business, is have you encountered toxic relationships in business, in the professional world, and how did you handle those kinds of circumstances? Like for me, I was um, I was still in college and <laughs> I was working for the now defunct MCI WorldCom. And I was finding out that the way they wanted us to sell, like I was one of the top sellers, I was doing really good. And then they were like, okay, you're going to need to make the decision that this person wants this specific plan before you get on the phone. And I was like, what is... But how do I know what they want? And they're like, you decide that. Just trust me. Before you get on the call. And of course, they can't tell you, just charge them. And until they notice, it won't be a problem. And so I'm piecing this together. And when she said to me, well, specifically, if it's an older person, 
usually you're, you're going to be a lot easier with getting an international plan for them. And as long as you quote them a call rate per minute to Canada, which is international, but people forget about that, then they're going to go ahead and just, okay, yeah, that's fine. And not realize you're adding on something extra. So what I'm getting at is all of a sudden I realized this is toxic and I, I started feeling guilty. And I was like, yeah, I, I got to go. And that just happened here um, three years ago, working at another place that I was hearing the people we were selling other products is when I was getting back into the real world workforce again. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. This is that all over again in telemarketing. And so I left. But like sometimes you can't. So people feel trapped and have to deal with it for a while. Have you ever had these kinds of situations, either of you? I have had it done to me a lot working for a wireless carrier. I talked to a lot of vendors and they were always full of bullshit. Right. And when you can sit and scrabble on a scribble on a piece of paper and figure out that they're both full of bullshit because the math doesn't work and you call them out on it and then you have them explain, explain. And then all of a sudden there's just, oh, well, it's because we assume this. And yeah, that's not a correct assumption. But, uh, in the workplace, there was a lot of people that I had to watch out for just because they were ladder climbers and not... Yeah, self-serving. Self-serving. They would take your work yep. and try to pawn it off on their own. It's sprint. It was terrible. Yeah. And so we watermarked presentations and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, because people will steal that from you in a heartbeat and be like, oh, yeah, I did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, until they had to explain it. Right. And so you you know, so some things you kind of put out there as as very more complicated than they need to be. What have you dealt with with this, my dear Tracy? In the modeling world, God, I mean, all every you guys are talking, I'm just having flashbacks to conversations. I, I mean, agents are probably the least um, trustworthy so to speak. Um, so like a, a modeling agent, well, I'm going to speak from my experience. So we're going to go back. Okay. Um, early in my career, one, I never gave my agents full control of my career. Right. Because if I did, I would have been out of business because the agent, typically the agency collects a 20% commission from the model, from the talent, 20% commission from the client. So they're making 40% of whatever that booking is. So if you're getting wow. paid a thousand dollars a day, they're making $400 a day. 20 from you, 20 from the client. So when you're talking some of these big ass contracts, like 40,000, 100,000, 500,000 contract, dollar contracts, right. they're getting 40% of that. So their best interest is not you, you're the product. The best interest is them as the bottom line, as the booking agent, because yep. that's gonna come around. So even though you're dealing with humans, you're you're dealing with like you're literally selling us. So I used right. to, I used to attribute the fact that you know I'm I'm no better. I'm just a glorified hooker because <laughs> we both take our clothes off for money. I'm just more respected for it. Right. It's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, hookers, strippers, dancers, like thing. that. You know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Models, kind of can be looked at that way. If you go backstage in a fashion show, you will be, see more naked people. Absolutely. Than you would at a strip club. Yeah. But we are more respected for it. Right. We get paid more for it but we're and and really we we all do the same thing we walk mm-hmm. down the road how many times have you seen a fashion show where the models are wearing barely anything oh yeah and they're getting paid 10 grand oh yeah but a stripper in a club is demeaned for it mm-hmm. for doing the same fucking thing right except she's just doing it on a pole yeah big deal you know 
Um, but yeah, I used to see it all the time in, uh, in the modeling industry, you know, who has it out for your best interest? Nobody really. Um, I did have some fantastic agents. My mother agency was elite Chicago and then they were factor. And then I don't know what they are now. They've been bought out a couple times, but they were my mother agent for 20 years because they never did me wrong. And that's they never did me wrong. Loyalty mm-hmm. is key. But every time that you got booked for a show, what would they tell you? Just trust me, okay? Yes, yeah. we'll be back. Take a ride on the 